Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. God has recreated or done in, in Sandy's life. Yes, an act of restoration. I mean, we're thankful for that. And I look forward to hearing other reports uh, as well. Amen. I'm going to turn to Genesis 13. I, I hesitated maybe reading the scripture and just diving right in this evening. Um, last, last year in the month of August, uh, was supposed to have done a... A Christian school graduation it was right after uh, I had COVID personally and was supposed to fly out there and do a Christian school graduation and and preach uh, a weekend and I kept in contact of course with the church and those who had the Christian school and I just honestly I didn't think that I was up to power to make fly preach three services and fly back home just honestly and so I, I didn't go out there but uh, that day, Alex Mason met me right here in the sanctuary, and uh, I did speak at that graduation live right here from this pulpit. Nobody else was here, uh, but he and I, and uh, that's the subject matter I'm coming with you to with tonight. I also used the same material whenever I was at uh, Brother Vasquez's, and he had his difference makers, which is leadership early on a Sunday morning that come, and uh, I used the same material to uh, teach to a group of leaders, and... Uh, it's not been published yet, whether it does or don't. That's at their uh, discretion. Uh, but the Apostolic Witness needed an article uh, from me, and I adopted it to, into an article as well. So this is already in three different venues, or three different ways. But I've never talked to you all about it. And so I want to talk to you all about it tonight uh, through the ministry of the Word. I don't uh, anticipate uh, keeping you long. And I apologize to Alex Mason because he was the only other person privy to this material because someone had a video, right? And so he was here, just me and him and uh, such. But uh, I want to share it uh, tonight. Uh, and so all those other times, I don't think I ever read a scripture text, but I got the Bible in what I'm going to say tonight. And we'll retouch these verses of scripture I'm going to read right now a little later in this this evening. Genesis 13. And verse number 14 is where uh, I'm going to begin with the Lord to help us. I feel like he can help us. I feel, I feel like any of us can pull away from here with um, this helping us in some measure, in some way. The Bible says, and the Lord said unto Abram, by the way, y'all about wore me out this morning. I have on a different suit tonight. I was left sopping wet. And about midstream of eating, I started getting very cold and such. And I was asking my, I think it was son, if I'd sweat through the backside of my pants. He said, of course. I, asked my, I said something to my wife. She says, well, isn't it apparent? And so uh, anyway, but we had a good time. Okay, verse 14, you know, a thousand more interruptions, Brother Zach, before I get there. He always gives me a hard time about that. Amen. I'm just sitting here thinking because in leadership meeting tonight before church, he's talking about all these different names about the baby that's grown in the womb, celery and butternut squash and all this stuff. <laughs> and so the moment I mentioned your name, first thing that entered my mind was butternut squash. 
And so, you know, <laughs> not many months from now, a little better than that's going to be roaming around. <laughs> God bless it. Verse 14, it's good to be serving the Lord. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. He says unto him, Arise, walk. Everybody say walk. Through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it. For I, everybody say will. For I will give it unto thee. For a little while tonight, and I am, I'll probably want to talk to you about every step an arrival every step an arrival i think it's important tonight that we we must uh, we must gauge uh, the importance of a measured step in our lives and uh, the consequences and the uh, advances and the arrivals that all of that entails even just with a solitary step amen let's ask the lord to help us right now father i need you i pray oh lord that you're able to speak lord jesus to us tonight god i pray oh lord let someone's spirit lord be ministered to and touch lord by your word god i pray oh lord that you would direct lord our minds and our lives right now god as we center them around you God, help us, Lord Jesus, in this place, for we will not fail to thank you, God, for what you accomplish and what you, Lord Jesus, bring about in this setting. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. In this great church, say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. Every step, an arrival. Professional over-the-road drivers, they log miles nutritionists and dietitians they log calories bodybuilders they are logging the reps that they are doing writers and authors they they log the chapters and the paragraphs words and phrases day by day as they're coming to the completion of a book scientists log the data and the trials or the attempts in their research. Teachers log grades and God logs each step. Job posed in the book that is concerning him that doth not he, speaking of God, see my ways and count all my steps. In another place, Job echoed in the chapter that bears his name this. He says, for now thou numberest 
my steps. Job understood that God was interested in or he understood the interest even of God from the macro level down to the micro level of seeing the whole path but also looking at a solitary step because God does see our ways. The Bible declares that David declares that more than one place in scripture, how the Lord knows his ways or sees his paths. But the reason, quite frankly, while God sees our paths and knows our ways is because he's logging each and every individual step. The overall path, of course, is important. We would all say tonight that we want a journey uh, to happen from here to glory, that we want a way and a path demarked in the sands of time for us from where we are, amen, to making heaven our home someday. And so the path is very important. The Bible speaks about narrow ways and wide ways and those that lead to destruction and those that lead to life. And so, yes, the path is very, very important. And God is concerned with our our ways but the broad scope of life and the success of the next leg of the journey in our process of living for the Lord many times can be discovered just in our next step amen scripture says that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and in that it describes to us not only a, a, a demarcation of a start and a finish of a path but it being just a lamp unto our feet our very next step a step according to the dictionary is described as a movement by lifting the foot and setting it down again in a new position accompanied by a shifting of the weight of the body in the direction of the new position. What that means for us tonight is this. With each new step, we have a momentum of our weight of our body that is headed in that direction, that is influencing our very being in the direction of the step in which we're taken. It is not a passive step. But when you take a step, you have shoved the weight of your person in that direction. And so God is interested in what direction we're shifting our lives. In what direction we are shifting the weight of our lives. He understands that each step is a weighted step. Each movement is a weighted movement. That's the reason why as pastors and, and teachers and stuff, we tell people that it's absolutely important about who you are going out with or who you're choosing for your lifelong mate. That's the reason why we say it's very important about what job you're going to choose to be employed by and who's going to be your employer because every step that you take has a weight of influence that's shifting you in a particular direction. A lady by the name of Denise Levertov, she wrote, she wrote a poem that was entitled this, Overland to the Islands. You can look it up on Google and read it in your spare time. All of you poets out there that write prose and things of that nature, haiku poems, you can go read her poem, Overland to the Islands. But in her poem, she describes what appears to be described as a intently ha haphazard trail of a dog. Uh, how many dog owners do we have around here? Oh, look at the dog nation out there. All of these dog owners out there. Amen. Anyone that owns a dog or that has ever taken a dog on a leash, 
outside or particularly more particularly on a walk you will understand very well that the activity of the description of a dog being an intently haphazard trail probably 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 defines it and describes it quite well because you take a dog on a walk I don't care if it has a sidewalk three foot wide or four foot wide you take a dog on a walk and that dog is sniffing the air that dog is sniffing the ground that dog is stopping at every conceivable vertical object whether it be a hydrant, a telephone pole, a little sapling that's just been planted, sometimes all it takes is a little tuft of grass that's higher than all the rest, and it's like, mm-hmm. We're going to be marking some territory right here. And it might jot to the left of the sidewalk, to the right of the sidewalk, get the hydrant, get the sapling, get the little tuft of grass, whatever it may be. It's stopping along the way, all along the journey, zigzagging. Amen. And and it's a pattern, really, if you would look like. It's not keeping in perfect alignment with the sidewalk, but it's still going along the sidewalk. The, the, The pattern from an aerial view might even look like a little bit of a zigzag for that poor Ophido that's going from here to there amen but if you were to trace its steps she captures the 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 activity of a dog in this poem along these lines she describes the dog like this she says nevertheless amen though that pattern may be zigzag nevertheless he keeps moving changing pace and approach but not direction every step an arrival every step an arrival. She begins to describe the movements of the canine, as we call them, as a dance, which was of a particular interest to this poet. She was an individual that studied dance. She was an individual that in particular studied ballet in private lessons at home. And she knew, having studied dance, that when there was a musical composition that she would move to with her dance or with her ballet moves, she had to study and execute each and every step in the progression very accurately. She had to execute every step and take every detail in mind because when she would go through her movements whether it was Swan Lake or whatever it was she was doing ballet to and she would move to the right of the stage or to the left of the stage as the music would go and as each step amen determined she knew that whenever the music faded and it came to an end that where her feet held their position at the very end where her finale would would, would come to the culmination Every step that she did from the beginning till the end had brought her to that moment, had brought her to that posture, had brought her to that arrival. She understood that every step, amen, had been an arrival in itself. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah, all along on life's journey as real individuals and also just as Christians in our Christian walk, there are certain milestones in our life that we celebrate. We should celebrate as the angels in heaven do the moment that someone repents of their sins. We should celebrate the milestone of when they're baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. Those are what we would call as Christian milestones in our journey for the Lord. When they're born again of the water and particularly of the Spirit, 
and they begin to speak in a new tongue that they've never been taught, we celebrate that. That's a milestone. When they grow and they mature in the lifestyle of the Lord and they bear forth the fruits of the Spirit, amen, that's another milestone that we celebrate. And here's something, though, that we must realize. With each new celebration and each new accomplishment in our Christian journey, we must realize that the finish line to our past is just the starting point to our future. Amen. We must set our eyes on the next Christian milestone along on our journey. Amen. And have ambition because God is in the details of every solitary step. God is interested when you repented. He's interested though not to leave you there. He wants to see you baptized. And he celebrates that but there's another step in a leg of the journey to go. God is interested in the details of you being born again. Amen. Of the spirit and growing and maturing in righteousness and godliness. Some would say amen because every step in this Christian journey is an arrival. He's interested in it. The book of Proverbs says a man's heart deviseth his way but the Lord directeth his steps. Everyone say the Lord. Rightly so. It should be the Lord. But too many, I must admit to you tonight, have testified. They've entered offices or in meetings and they have testified to blundered lives because they made a misstep somewhere along the journey. I would say tonight that most people that I have ever talked to in my experience, that if I sat down with them and asked them when did it all go wrong, when, when, when did this thing go sideways? At what point did it fall apart? At what point did it just totally just just implode or explode? What what happened? They would not take me to a, a simple moment. They would not take me to a particular day, but they would take me back to even just an isolated step that's etched in the back of their mind that was an arrival in the wrong direction. That was, if you will, the causation of everything that was coming about in their life right now they were going to take me to a path they were going to take me to a step someone say amen I've come to tell Lord hallelujah this church family tonight though that not only is God interested in your steps not only is God interested in our paths I hate to tell you this this evening but it's important for us to know that our adversary as well is interested in each step and he's interested in our He's interested in our paths. Uh, the Bible says in, in Psalms 56 and verse 6, look at this verse of scripture. This is so important, I think, tonight. The psalmist said, they gathered themselves together. They hid themselves. Now note now, they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Amen. Just the same as God is interested in steps. Your adversary is interested in steps. And folks, this isn't just about a job and this just isn't about a relationship. This is about the eternal part of you. This is about your soul. And I cannot caution us enough today that there are powers that be that wait for the souls of humanity. 
There's powers that be that wait for the souls even of God's people. When we read in Acts chapter 27, the Bible states that here is the apostle Paul and he is on a ship. But as it describes it, he says that there are 276 souls that were in peril. Amen. That may suffer shipwreck. Amen. Where two seas met upon the ship. Please note that the attention that Paul's drawing our attention to in that moment, amen, is not necessarily focused upon the fleshly person as much as it directed at the eternal part of the person, the soul. The person is temporal. The person's going to die. The flesh is going to go back to dust. Amen. But the soul, it will never die. It will live on eternally. And both heaven and hell is interested in your fleshly steps because of your eternal soul. Someone say amen. In the Old Testament, the Passover lamb, it was distributed, it was rationed out to the family and to the neighbors that needed it for the doorposts and the lintel of their houses. And the Bible says that the lamb was given, it says this in particular, was given not according to the persons, but according to the souls of the people. Amen. In the Old Testament, we see people that their lives are being made atoned for. David atoned for. Moses is atoned for. But more than anything, it always underscores the atonement was for the souls of men. The atonement was for the souls of women. In the New Testament, on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says there were added to them about 3,000 about 3,000 souls. And so what I'm getting at tonight is this. Souls are a commodity and a desire of both heaven and hell. And the psalmist said in Psalms 56, they're daily oppressing me. The enemy is daily oppressing me. And there are many that are fighting against me. And he says they're doing this. They're doing this because he's waiting for my soul. He's waiting for my soul by marking my steps. If he can just get one step isolated, deterred, off the path, if he can just get one step, he's sitting there lingering, waiting, desiring my soul. My soul. So every step is important and is an arrival. Jeremiah even agrees in the book of Lamentations. He said, they hunt. That's the word he uses. They hunt our steps. Some of y'all get up in a tree and sit there for hours. You're hunting a deer. Right, Mike? Sometimes it's just the way it goes. Hunting a, you know, might be on the ground wandering around hunting a rabbit. You know, the good purpose you have with a rabbit, it runs in a circle. It goes out and comes right back around where it was. Just saying. He said, well, they are, they are lurking, hunting for our steps because they see that the steps is the segue, the gate to the soul. David was a fugitive. He was a fugitive. So his steps were many as he began to avoid those that were wanting to act cruelly against him. Those that had intentions that were negative against him. And the Bible be, speaks that he cautiously took each step understanding the gravity 
understanding the weight that each of those steps held. And during one of his meetings with Jonathan, which was the son of Saul, who so happens to be the king, who also so happens to have a price, as it would seem, on David's head, right? Seeking to take his life that during the meeting that David has with Jonathan, who happened to be his friend, that had to be a real weird relationship, I know, in that dynamic, who happened to be his chum. The Bible says that his soul was knit, knit with Jonathan's soul. Amen. The Bible says here he is. He is the son of David's word enemy and King Saul said this he said truly as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth not King Saul King David said this speaking to Jonathan he said as you live and as thy soul liveth he said there is but a step he said between me and death what are you saying David David saying every step he has says must be a measured step I know I'm out here in dens and caves and, and I'm out here in fields and I'm watching to the left and to the back and around me and who's coming and going he says every step I take right now is very meaningful every step is a measured step I just can't if you will frolic out in the open amen and not be conscious about where my feet are headed I, I, I Every step is going to materialize into a destiny. Jonathan, do you understand? There's just but a solitary step between me and death. I can't compromise a step. I can't misstep. I can't afford to lose a step because there's just a step between me and death. I wish somebody would understand tonight. Sometimes it boils down just to that. A solitary step in our walk with God that makes us in or out. His or not his. So, because every step is an arrival. <laughs> so I got to be careful, Dave, uh, Jonathan. Because just as though it would seem that I'm one step from the throne room of kingship. That I've already been anointed for. I'm equally one step from death. One step from disaster. Let me say it like this today, folks. Though you may be anointed for an up-and-coming destiny, doesn't mean you ignore the steps from where you are to what's going to get you to that destiny. Your anointing will only take you as far as you allow your feet to go. Because there are countless other stories of people that's had things spoken over their life and in their life and destinies in God's word. You know what? They never arrived. Why? Because of solitary footsteps. Heritage don't matter. And really, whatever's been pronounced as the future don't matter. If we are not, if you will, uh, the stewards over our steps. David tends the sheep of his father. He wields his sling. He wields his stones in the pasture. He plays upon the harp. He writes music. I mean, David is a very, very well-faceted young man. I mean, he can, he can do a sword or he can do a harp. You know what I mean? He can write poetry and songs or he can off with your head. He runs toward Goliath in the Valley of Elah. He's the armor bearer to the king of Saul. 
by all these different journeys, whether it's the pasture, whether it's the war field, whether it's writing poetry, or whether it's with the harp, or whether it's with life, whatever it is, every step was an integral part of his arrival someday of sitting on the throne just as long as Saul ever sat on the throne 40 years. I say all that to say this. I don't want to get anybody too nervous about, I want you to be conscious, uh, aware of your steps. I don't want you to be so nervous, though, not to take a step. Because I want you to understand tonight that God, I think I've tried to preach a little bit this morning, it seems like along those lines too, but God doesn't want you to fail. God doesn't want you to fail. God doesn't want you to falter. Is he counting my steps? Well, he's got the numbers of your head numbered. You know, and you by thinking can't even add one, one inch to your stature. He's got the number of your head, the, heads, the hairs on your head numbered. Sometimes there's subtraction that takes place daily. But he's counting our steps. He's playing, paying close attention to each foot. Concerning sinners, Solomon, this is what he admonished, David's son. Concerning sinners... And those whose feet run to evil, Solomon said this. He admonished his son. He says, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy, this, this Proverbs 1.15. I don't know if you can throw that up there for me. He says, refrain thy foot. Everybody say foot. From their path. He says, son, he said, don't run around with the wicked. Don't run around with evil. He said, don't walk in their way. But he gets a little bit more precise. He said, refrain your foot. These are my feet. This is my foot. I know this feels like Sesame Street, folks. But Solomon was telling his son, don't take the paths. And a good way to refrain from doing that is to even keep a solitary foot. We're not talking about a measurement. We're talking about that appendage on your body. Keep a solitary foot from the path. Because, son, you can't gamble with a step. Every step matters. Every step is valuable. And so God is bent on helping us succeed in these regards. The psalmist said, and I'm just going to run through these, Brother Zach. You don't have to keep up. The psalmist said, he enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. He says he set his angels charge over us lest we dash our foot against a stone. What are you talking about? God's trying to help you succeed. With every step. The psalmist said, when I said, my foot slippeth, he said, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. Yes, heaven and hell are both after you, but I'm trying to tell you, God is trying to fight for you. God wants to see you succeed. He says, when I, my, my, my footsteps under me were enlarged, my steps were enlarged, so I wouldn't slip, and, and God even sent his angels after me, so I wouldn't dash my foot against a stone. And those times I did feel like I was slipping, I just cried out to God and said, God, have mercy on me. And the Lord himself came down and held me up so that I could, if you will keep all steps in the right order the right place the right path 
Because every step produces an arrival. Someone say amen. God wants to give surety to our steps tonight. He understands their arrivals. <laughs> and that's no better illustrated in my estimation than whenever he held, Christ held, in his hands the leathered, calloused feet of each his disciples within his hand. Calvary is nigh, and before the night is over, Peter's feet would stand by a Roman fire denying Jesus. Judas's feet would round up the Jewish leaders, scribes, Pharisees, chief priests, and they would stand in the Garden of Gethsemane, not to pray, but to betray. <laughs> And the feet of all the other apostles and all the other disciples would by night's end flee from the Lord while he is being apprehended, amen, by the officers and the arrest is made. Yet as the supper is being ended, Jesus goes on and gives attention to each and every one of their feet. He holds in his hands the feet of his betrayer. He holds in his hands the feet of the one that denied him. He holds in his hands the feet of those that are going to run away from him. The Bible says concerning Judas, scripture says that the devil had already put in Judas's heart to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. For that matter, the Bible already describes that Judas had been taking steps toward how he might, this is the words of the King James Version, how he might conveniently betray the Lord. But here is Jesus stooped down in front of him and he has Judas his feet in his hands there's already betrayal in his heart and he's already done some footsteps to try to find out how he could conveniently amen betray the Lord but Jesus is holding those feet what's going on God's trying to enlarge some steps right there God's trying to showcase some mercy God's trying if you will make things turn out in a different way amen oh, yes 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 someone say amen because although betrayal is in the heart of Judas, he's been pondering this. This is premeditated betrayal. <laughs> All right. You talk about manslaughter. This is premeditated. He's been, he's been thinking about it. This is, this is betrayal. Betrayal is in his heart. But his feet were in God's hands. Hallelujah. The heart of man, what did the writer say? Is devising his way. Woo! But the hand of God is trying to direct his path. <laughs> That's the reason why Jesus says, uh, Judas, go and do whatever you need to do quickly. Right? Supper was coming to an end. He said, go do whatever you need to do quickly. Some of the other disciples, maybe there were some things that he needed to purchase. He's the treasurer. Maybe he needed to do some things. No, no, Jesus knew what he was talking about. There's betrayal in your heart. Go and do whatever you need to do quickly. Amen. Whatever you need to devise, go on. But I had, just remember, your feet were in my hands for the last time. Your feet were in my hands. You got you're devising something, but I'm trying I'm trying to direct your step right now, Judas, because he knew every step had an arrival. I've already went longer than what I thought I was going to go. Shame on you all. There's power in a step. 
There's destiny in a step. Of all the ways that it could have been described that God had not given Abraham. Here I am at my text now. That was just my introduction. I'm joking. I'm joking. Of all the ways that God could have described not giving Abraham an inheritance in the land of promise. It was described as he not having so much as an area. Abraham didn't have so much as an area or an allotment to set his foot on. That's the way the Bible describes it in Acts. He didn't even have so much an allotment or area in the land of promise, a solitary step to set his foot upon. The old saying is, you know, that a journey of a thousand miles, it begins with what? Boom. Thank you, the great philosopher Malone there out there. One step. Journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. I'll tell you that a journey of a thousand miles is comprised of thousands upon thousands of single steps and individual rivals. I want to read my text to you one more time. And the Lord said unto Abraham after that lot was separated from him. This is whenever they're choosing their paths and choosing their land. Lot has separated. He has, he, has, he has chosen the plains of Jordan, the well-watered plains of Jordan. So Lot has separated. Now God has a powwow with Abram. He says, lift up your eyes. Look, look, look from the place. Look northward, southward, eastward, westward. So look at all this land which you see. All this land that you see, I'm going to give it to you. It's going to be your seed forever. It's going to be that your seed's going to be as the dust of the earth. And if you could number the dust, then that would be your seed. And he says in verse 17, arise and everybody say walk. Walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it. For I will, or if I say will, for I will give it unto thee. Now, Abraham never claimed a parcel of ground or a portion of that land as in his, his inheritance. He didn't even have an amount to set his foot on. But he did walk all throughout the land of promise and took many steps mistaken it not tonight that God granted this land to him and his seed by each step that Abram took in the land of promise he said walk the land's length walk the land's breadth walk the land's width because Abram, with every step, there's going to be an arrival. Abraham, when you take that step and you move the weight of your body, as you lift it and you put it down, and the momentum of the weight of your body sets down and moves into that new position, that momentum is keeping you going that way, Abram, just keep on moving. Abram, what are you doing as you're walking north, south, and east, and west? Abram, what are you doing as you're going the length, breadth, and height of the land? What are you doing? He's just like the old dog from the poem. He's changing pace and approach, but he's not changing direction. Every step is going to be for Abram, amen, and his family, for the Lord said I will or I say will I will give it unto thee now listen to me as the 12 tribes of Israel come to the watery Jordan and the bank of the Jordan River the reality of the arrival of Abraham's steps could not be more apparent than the second time now that they are at the Jordan River the first time they get there then all the children of Israel of course wandered around in the desert and those of the other generation the older generation 
generation died off. But as they come to the Jordan River the second time, 40 years later, they are about ready to cross over into the promised land. And so we have Abraham and we have Isaac and Jacob. Amen. We have all these things that about coming to a culmination as they enter the promised land that goes to prove and show that every step that Abraham made was an arrival. Amen. Abraham was a part of it. Isaac was a part of it. Jacob was a part of it. All the 12 tribes of Israel were a part of it. Joseph's wisdom during the time of a famine, that was a step, amen, toward an arrival. The Egyptian bondage and how they handled themselves with hard taskmasters in the flesh pots of Egypt, that was a step, amen, for an arrival. Moses on the backside of the desert, Moses coming as the deliverer for God's people, that was a step for the arrival. Every wandering through the forest where they got water from a rock, where manna fell from heaven, all of that was a step for their arrival of this moment. Listen, as they're about ready to cross over, it has been a long, long time since Abraham had walked. He's dead now. Since Abraham had walked the length and the breadth, north and south, all throughout the land. But listen to the voice of God. Abraham's dead. Isaac's dead. Joseph's dead. Moses ain't allowed to enter. He's dead. But this is what the word of the Lord says to Joshua in Joshua 1.3. God says, Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, he says, that have I. That have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Wait, 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 wait. Come again, God. Every place where your foot hits, that have I given unto you. When he spoke to Abraham, he said, everywhere you go, I will give. He says to Joshua, the moment they enter that place, I have given it. What are you saying? Had the Lord, had the Lord told Moses the same thing? Yeah, the same thing that he had told Joshua. The same thing that he had told Abraham. Where you step, I have given that to you. Listen, now that he's talking to Joshua, it's not that I will give it to you, but I have given it to you. How could that happen? How could that take place? We've not crossed over the Jordan yet. I can tell you how it can be because somewhere in the distant past, years and years and years ago, there was a man by the name of Abraham that took a step after another step to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west the length, width, and breadth of it all and every step that he took hundreds of years ago was an arrival and that's how you cross over the Jordan today and that parcel of land is yours and that allotment of land is yours and that belongs to you because with every step a man took he had an arrival his foot, he might not have had a parcel to set his foot on but it was an arrival for his generations and seed that come and that's you I have given it stay with me tonight I have given it imagine if Abraham said forget this I'm not walking no width I'm not walking no breadth but the promise was connected to his steps 
promise was connected to his steps. And God's like, Abraham, if you'll take the steps, I'll cause the arrival. If you measure and if you shift the weight of your being in that direction, he says he'll be yours. And he'll be yours and generations of yours for years and eons of time, to even still today. A lot of the controversy that takes place in the Middle East, you know what it's over? The land. Because somewhere now, thousands of years ago, a man decided to take a step. Woo! And with every step, there's an arrival. And so as we bow our heads tonight, what I want you to contemplate right now tonight is this. What steps are what steps am I taking and what direction are I t- am I taking them? What, what is going to be my next step tomorrow? What's going to be the next step in my life? What is going to be the next venture? What is going to be the next step? Sir, woman, man, it matters not. Please hear, Pastor, tonight. With every step, there's an arrival. With every step, oh, well, Pastor, you know, I've had this and that, and I'm, I'm thinking about, just remember that wherever you put your foot, you're shifting the weight of your life. You're shifting the weight of your life in that direction. And it has momentum behind it. And it's pushing you forward. So you got to ask yourself, what steps are you taking? What's, are, are, are you going to allow God to direct your steps? Because he's, he's interested in your soul. Just as much as as hell and the adversary is, is, is interested in your soul tonight. He's just waiting. He's, the adversary is marking your steps. He's wanting to somehow take advantage of just a miss. If I can, just, if I can get him just to take a misstep. If I can just get him to, to devalue just one step. If I, if I could cause maybe a slip or a fall, a stumble, something could happen. If I could just have the misgage a step. It's important tonight for us to measure and weigh every step. And so these altars are open tonight to people that may be looking at life right now. And they are contemplating in their mind and their heart, what is my next step going to be? What is my next step going to be? And as you ask that question, you ask yourself this, what, where is that next step going to bring me if I take it? Where is that next step going to take me? If I take it, we got to tonight to be very conscious about our next step, our next move. Amen. In our walk, in our relationship with God. I don't want the enemy to to somehow have the upper hand, the antagonist of my soul, to glare at me and want to somehow just scrape from me the eternal part of my soul. No, 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 no. I want to walk. I want to walk in tandem with the purpose and the will of God because every step from here to glory is an arrival. Amen. Hallelujah, these altars are open to the Lord. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.